Welcome to the Crucible! This is episode 6, and I'm Tiny Grimes, and I am joined this week by Neil, the real deal. And Neil, when we nicknamed you the real deal, we meant like, the real deal as in you're good, but since you're kind of involved with film, do you spell it R-E-E-L? I've considered that. I've considered doing plays on uh, my name with R-E-E-L, but... I don't know. It feels a little too easy, a little too low-hanging fruit, so I'm, I'm going to stick with the real deal that others have christened me with. Okay, all right, that's fair. I, I'm, I'm, I like grabbing low-hanging fruit, so I was all ready to go for it. But, but you, being uh, the, the high-brow man that you are, I can see how you wouldn't go for that. Mm. Okay. Yes, indeed. So, <laughs> so we were playing some Keyforge just now. And something was really confirmed for me that I've been thinking for a while. And that is my favorite kind of Keyforge is actually when there are two decks that are missing the upper echelons of the power curve. And what I mean is this. I had a Logos deck. It was a solid deck. I had two Wild Wormholes. I had bunches of good cards. But I did not have library access. And had this deck had library access, I think it would have been very one-sided for me to, like, play library access, craft this hand with like two wild wormholes and just go totally crazy. It just felt really good not having that card in the game, knowing that I was not going to have to feel bad at some point when it was like, we've got a good game. And then I played 14 cards in one turn and Neil was like, what What just happened? So I kind of liked that. And Neil's deck had one hunting witch, mine had no hunting witches, so... The witch had a mild impact, but it wasn't like witches dominated the game. It just felt like a back-and-forth game of Keyforge. What do you think, Neil? Yeah, it was a pretty solid back-and-forth game. Um, it wasn't as good as it could have been because I ended up losing. But <laughs> <laughs> I can go. But with no, that. it was it was a good back-and-forth game. We both got to play some interesting cards, have some pretty big turns, have some pretty small turns. So it it was fun. Yeah, and I've also realized I like this game better when neither player is playing Shadow. Yeah, that I I totally agree with. It's just like I could get to it, six uh... and think there's a decent chance I'm going to be able to forge a key unless Neil has something really interesting he can do. And the same with Neil. It was like, uh-oh, Neil got to six. Oh, man, I've got Dexter in my hand, but then it would be the only Logos card I can play. So I'm making these really tough decisions instead of like, Neil's at eight, but that's fine. I'm shadows. Whoop, 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 whoop. Neil's at four. Like, it just felt more honest. Yeah, you still had a lot of annoying effects that were capturing and stealing and reducing my amber, uh, including making me lose five amber when I was at ten yeah. so that you could steal it away on the final turn with uh, no creatures in play to my four creatures in play. It was, that was an amazing combo. So what Neil did is, the board was full of creatures. Neil had, like, maybe nine creatures, and I had yeah. five. And Neil played the card that destroys all the creatures. Well, first he played Loot the Bodies. So every creature that of mine that dies, he gets an amber. He wipes the board, has to gain three chains to do it, but it doesn't matter because he's at, like, a million amber. And then I played a card I didn't even know existed in Sanctum, which says... Each player loses, or each player above six is dropped down to five. And so Neil's amber just got wiped out. I lost zero amber in the process. 
I was able to get to six and steal the game right out from underneath Neil's nose. Ugh. Ugh, the worst. That's interesting you say the worst, because I say the best. It, it felt so good. Because, and then remember, like, you would play something like, Neil, did you take your amber? And you're like, no, I didn't, thanks. And I'm like, that's cool. You could take 10 million amber. I don't even care. Uh, so good. Yeah. So good. But Neil did get to play, what's that guy's name? Chorda something? Chorda Hazri, The uh, untamed oh, yeah. dude that lets you make keys out of out of the Keyforge phase. And so that was cool. He had two of those in his deck, along with key... What is it called? Keyforge? Is it called Keyforge? That can't be right. <laughs> no, it's uh, where is that? Key. It's called Key Charge. Key Charge. Okay, so he had three ways to make keys out of the Keyforge phase. So it felt like we had lots of really good cards that did cool stuff, but we didn't have the totally over the curve broken cards, which kind of ruined game. So I felt like these two decks would be fun decks. Like if the like if Neil and I bought these two decks and that's all we had for a month or something, I think we'd have a lot of really fun close games. Yeah, yeah, I would play those decks against each other again for sure. Yeah. Do you know which deck you played? Because I don't know what that guy. Uh, I remember it was it was called like Scholar Who Ruins the World or yeah, something along those lines. Because it's me. <laughs> that's <laughs> right, why you I were a little it. jealous for that name. Yeah, but it had Mars in it. I've... So I have no interest in the deck. Deal what yours is called. Yeah. Yeah, and Mars, so it was a amazing deck, and I loved it. Yeah, so this is going to be something interesting. When Neil's on the show, you're going to have basically the polar opposite views on Mars. I consider Mars to be by, I don't know if I want to say a wide margin, because I don't like Brobnar either, but I think those are the two houses that bring up the rear. I do think there's going to be a totally busted Mars deck with Logos, archiving cards. But generally speaking, if I just open a Mars deck, I'm going to be like, ugh, that was unfortunate. But you think the opposite, right, Neil? I love Mars. They fit my mm. play style a lot. I In Game of Thrones, my main card game, I like playing a lot of Targaryen, who has all of these effects where you get to ready your cards all the time. And I love that Mars has those sorts of effects, ways that you can bring stuff in ready and uh, cheat your tempo that way. And I also really enjoy their sort of crazy combo-y sort of stuff. I love games where there's a card that like returns all Mars cards to hand, both yours and your opponents, that can lead to some really crazy shenanigans. And uh, so I love all of that sort of Mars stuff, and it fits my play style. I like Brobnar a lot, too. I haven't looked enough at their cards, but I generally like sort of attacking my opponent and being proactive and sort of burning their uh, board down. So Oh, Robnar seems like it also fits my play style. Yeah, unfortunately for me, Shadows fits my play style of yeah, it kind does. Of sit back, react, control, annoy, but it feels broken. Like I feel like whenever I play Shadows, I'm always like, ugh, this doesn't feel right. Like we're not really playing Keyforge. This poor bastard is playing a non-Shadows deck, and I'm playing Shadows. <laughs> this just doesn't feel fair to me. So, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, maybe How do you feel about there. un? Maybe. How do you feel about Untamed? How do you feel they fit your play style? I feel like Untamed, and we're gonna do more about Untamed in a bit. That they are 
a support faction that like if a to me decks are defined by things like shadows um maybe mars like mars makes it kind of a combo deck shadows makes it a reactive steel deck dis makes it kind of like a a controly deck i feel like untamed kind of complements whatever it is you're doing right you're you're putting some creatures on the board you've got some control effects you've got some amber making effects so I love Untamed. I feel like whenever I have Untamed in a deck, I'm happy. But I don't feel like that's what defines the deck, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't had a chance to ask you this. I've already made my proclamations. But can you rank the houses from your most favorite to least favorite? So this is based on my enjoyment of the house, not my perceived strength. I would say mix them together. Like, if something's really strong, but you hate playing them, maybe you mentioned that. I don't know. Okay. I think at the top, for me, is Mars. Because I really enjoy playing them. Uh, That was a great episode of Welcome to the Crucible. (laughs) See you next week. (laughs) And I'm sure Tiny will have me back all the time. (laughs) Never again. Uh, so Mars, I think, is at the top. I think there's a lot of really cool potential there, and I really enjoy playing them. Next, I think, is probably Shadows. I think that I like the theme of Shadows. I think shadowy, sneaky things are kind of cool, and I think that they're very, very strong. So I put them as number two. I'd say maybe is number three. They have a lot of really, from what I've seen, a lot of strong control cards, but also dis. Yeah. Let me stop you for just a second and say, would your ideal deck then be Mars, Shadows, Dis, if you wanted to win a tournament? Uh, Yeah, I think that that's definitely a combination that I would be interested in rocking. Okay. Yeah. I think that Mars and Shadows are definitely in my ideal deck. The, the third one, I think, is a little open for me personally. Okay. That's um, so going on from those three, I'd say that maybe Logos is next. They've got a lot of combo potential and can break some rules in interesting ways. Um, then maybe Untamed... Then Brobnar, and then uh, Sanctum. Okay. Brobnar, I just haven't played a ton, which sure. is part of why I put them lower. So I haven't been super impressed by the little bit that I've seen, and uh, so that's that's kind of where I'm at. But right. I, who knows? I mean, our rankings are sort of similar. I'll, I guess I'll just go over mine real quick, just to have a foil for you. I think Shadows is the best by a pretty wide margin. I think Logos is second best because it, when it has its best cards, um, it's really, really strong. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a way to fuel your other factions, but it's so good at that support role that I just feel like, like if I have Logos in a deck, I'm always happy. Like, like when we I did our, see that. we got our random decks and I just saw Logos and I was like, cool, I'm happy. Like what's it was untamed logos. I don't even know what the third faction is. I'm already happy. Um, yeah. And then for me, the next step down would probably be untamed and dis. I have around the same level, maybe untamed slightly above dis. 
Um, and then I think Sanctum is almost as good, sort of depending on what they have. And then, I don't know, I'd probably put Brobnar and Mars sort of on tied together on the bottom of both decks I haven't played as much, kind of like what you were saying. Mm. And then, like, they never quite have worked out for me. Like, I've seen the potential of Mars, but I never quite have a deck that has all the right pieces, or if I do, they don't come at the right time. And I feel like if I had Logos in this deck and I archived a bunch of stuff, maybe I'd see the true power. And then with Brobnar, it's just kind of like, like, they're not bad, but... They never wow me. Where I'm, uh, there's a rare game where like yeah. Robnar won that thing. It's just like Robnar put three dudes down and put a little pressure on my opponent, and then they killed the dudes, and I was like, okay, cool. And then I punched one of their guys and killed it, and that was great. And then my other factions won the game for me. Generally, how how it's yeah, going. I I feel that I was doing some kind of cool things in our game with Robnar, but it was still sort of what you're describing, like. Putting a little pressure, removing a little bit of stuff, not not really the big blowout sort of yeah. thing. You certainly did get the big blowout, right? Like you used Brobnar to win right. the game with loot the bodies until I stole it from you. Yep. I just want to remind you of that because you seemed like you were getting happy. And I was like, no, no, we can't have that. <laughs> not on this podcast. All right. Well, let's move into the meat of the episode and today I, w- I want to start talking about each of the houses, what their strengths are, what they lend to decks. And today I want to talk about Untamed. So let's start, before we get into individual cards, just kind of like our general thoughts on Untamed. So we both seem to put them about the same level. Like they're strong, but we don't consider them to be the strongest. Are you generally happy when you open a deck that has Untamed in it? Um, it's kind of neutral to me. Um, I, I'm not a huge fan of the untamed, like, theming. Mm. Um, so that doesn't really speak to me. And the cards are fine, but to me, they feel a lot of times kind of vanilla. A lot of they don't feel as flashy to me as Mm. my beloved Mars or Brobnar cards that are... Yeah. So would you say something like... Crazy stuff all over. And like, so... I'm not a Magic player, but it still seems like they're kind of mm-hmm. like green in Magic, where it's like they've got some big dudes yeah. that are pretty good. Um, I'm not actually sure I agree with that. Maybe Robnar is more like green in Magic. Yeah, I I get that feeling a little bit. I think that there's a little more interesting stuff going on with Untamed than what I remember from when I played Magic in middle school. School of green. Um, yeah, and I'm talking about like, like 20 I, years I ago know that I like, yeah, I know that magic players are gonna watch this and be like, green has such cool combos. Yeah. Don't you know about blah 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 because blah blah? But mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, uh, so when I open Untamed in a deck, I I'd say that I'm mildly disappointed because it's it means it's not one of the flashier factions. But mm. I'm not gonna throw the deck out or anything. Gotcha. I would say uh, my immediate reaction of opening Untamed is this is probably going to be a good thing. Like, there are definitely Untamed decks that I've looked at and I've went, wow, this is a disaster. Um, <laughs> but in my opinion, there's enough impactful cards where 
generally speaking, I feel like I'm probably going to be okay. Um, but, but like we both said before, I don't feel like it's going to drive the deck. Like, if it's the best faction, if it's, like, Untamed, Brobnar, Mars, I will throw the deck out and be like, nope, not, not even going to really look at that deck, not interested. Um, but if it's, even if it doesn't have shadows, let's say it's, like, Sanctum, Untamed, Logos, I'd say, yeah, I, I have a good feeling about this deck. Like, I think this deck has a real legit chance of being good. Let's, let's take a, take a close look at it. Okay, um, yeah. so what role do you feel like this deck generally best plays? Do you feel like its its cards are putting out good creatures, it has good actions, it's putting pressure on the board? Like, what do you generally find yourself using these cards for? Um, I feel like the sort of flashiest effect and what I tend to want to use Untamed for is big amber game. They have a few yeah. cards, like the witch that you mentioned way earlier. Yeah. Like uh, let's stop um, and when we mention cards, full moon. Say what they do. So the hunting witch is the sure. card that says, when you play another creature, gain one. And what's critical to remember is it's not just like a come into play effect for that turn. But if that witch lives, it's just a million amber. Like it, it's a, it's a must answer card for your opponent. And you gain Amber the turn you play it. So I, I agree. I feel like that card is the the biggest, flashiest card. Yeah. Then there's also similar effects like Full Moon is a action play for the remainder of the turn. Gain one Amber each time you play a creature. So just a single turn yeah. version of the Witch. Um, also things like Fertility Chant, which gives you four Amber, your opponent two Amber, and uh, the pixie, where is that? The dust pixie that is yeah. just a little tiny body, only one strength creature, but gives you two amber when you play it. So those sorts of things um, are I sort of look towards. Uh, the sort of things I want Untamed to do in my sort of deck. Yeah. I agree. When I'm playing Untamed, what I'm hoping is that I'm going to get some really good Amber gains. I'm also hoping I'm going to get one to two cards that let me sort of cheat the game, and that is make keys out of the key forging step, especially if I'm playing Shadows or I'm like in a meta where I know I'm playing Shadows, which I believe is called every meta. Um, I feel like those cards are really strong. I also am looking for the really good come-into-play effect creatures. I don't feel like um, Untamed is really good at making a board and then, like, fighting with that board. I feel like Sanctum just wrecks them. Brobnar destroys them. So I'm really looking for the creatures like Hunting Witch that come in, they give me stuff um, that... Who's the guy? The Tiger, the Mighty Tiger that comes in. Yeah, the Tiger's pretty good. Does four damage. Yeah, Lupo the Scarred. He comes in, he does two to an enemy creature, and he's got a pretty big body. Uh, just all these guys that when they come into play, they do something good. I feel like that's the real strength of Untamed. I feel like a lot of people look at people at cards like the Ancient Bear and get excited. And the Ancient Bear, to me, I just I can't stand the Ancient Bear. I'm like, he doesn't do anything when he comes into play. He's not quite big enough to have a huge effect. Your other guys are small, so they're going to die anyway. So if you call Untamed to attack with the Ancient Bear, that's probably your only creature. Like, you're just, you're just not doing enough where if you wanted to have an attacking creature deck, 
something like Sanctum where these guys all have six strength and two armor, you're going to be able to get a board of dudes, right? Where you can just every turn be like, I don't have any Sanctum cards in my hand. I don't care. Sanctum. I'll kill your three guys. I'll reap for three. Next turn. I don't feel like you can do that with Untamed. Yeah, I, I've definitely seen board. Yeah, I'll sometimes play out a big Untamed board, and it seems impressive because it's, it's a lot of creatures, but they're all three strength usually, maybe four. Yeah. I will say, have you ever played with or against a deck with the Bear Flute? I don't even know what the Bear Flute is. So the Bear Flute goes uh, goes into another theme of Untamed that I think is interesting to consider is that they have a decent amount of Persian getting cards from your discard pile back into play. And the Bear Flute is an artifact Ooh. that you can use to fully heal an Ancient Bear, or if there are no Ancient Bears in play, you search your deck and discard pile to put one into play. Wow. And then it also says, if you do, shuffle your discard pile back into your deck. Mm -hmm. Which is, that can be a positive or a negative, so that's very interesting. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so I've played against Flute before, and it gets a, yeah, I think it's a rare. And it gets very annoying, because they just always (laughs) have an ancient bear. Yeah, that's different. Yeah. And let's talk about that recursion theme. I think that is one of the strongest parts of the deck regrowth can be incredibly powerful like regrowth it gives you uh, an amber for playing it and then you get a card from your discard pile and so if you do crazy things like say get back that dust pixie that gives you two regrowth just gave you three amber just playing a regrowth and then you play the um the witch oh, i don't what's her name hunting witch no, that seems too that seems too obvious. That's giving you uh, Amber Reach. Uh, here we go. Which of the eye? When you Which reap, of the eye? So you reap, you get an Amber, you return the card from your discard pile to your hand, and so you can keep cycling something like Regrowth. And so it's like every turn you're getting three because you can attack with that Dust Pixie, kill it, do the Regrowth. And so like I've played against someone who had two Witches of the Eyes out it just feels like the game is over if you cannot kill Witch of the Eye. Like, she's one of those cards. So, saying that, Untamed can have these crazy turns. Where if you go, like, two Hunting Witches, two Witches of the Eyes, your turn, your opponent's just like, wow. <laughs> if I can't yeah. kill that board, the game is essentially over at this point. Yeah, Untamed feels more passive to me where it's not really messing with your opponent's board that much. It's more, they'll play these tiny creatures with huge effects like hunting, Witch and Witch of the eye that if you don't remove those, they're just going to gain so much Amber. Yeah. But the thing with Keyforge, you can usually remove them. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things that I do like about untamed is they have of really interesting, cool mass removal cards. Yeah. Why don't you talk about some of them? Um, So, we keep going on and on about how strong we think Shadows is. Well, Untamed has Perilous Wild, which is a rare card, but it gives you an amber, and when you play (laughs) it, it destroys each elusive creature. Yeah. I'm not even sure how many, like, Shadows cards... Creatures there are that aren't elusive. 
Yeah, there, there's a lot that happens. You easily wipe a big shadows board. The problem, of course, is that's it's very specific, right? And I think you're yeah. right. Like in tournament play, a lot of people are going to have shadows anyway. So I think you're right. That's going to end up being amazing. I can see a lot of people being annoyed at this card, though, right? They're like, my opponent has never had an elusive card in the 20 games that I've played, and it's just play for an amber. But you're right. In tournament play, I, that, that could be devastating. But yep. Shadows doesn't really care about its board. It's the one thing, right? Shadows is like, oh, boo-hoo, you killed my creatures. Yeah. I'll just win out of hand. Yeah, it. I guess it depends on the exact mix of the Shadows deck, but it can definitely slow them down. Yeah. Um, I think my favorite thing about Untamed is that most of their removal, their mass removal, does not come with chains. So, like, Lost yes. in the Woods is really strong. You get an Amber, you get to remove their two best creatures, and your two worst or none if you don't have any, or only one if you have one, um, that can be really powerful. Nature's Call can be really powerful, returning up to three creatures to their owner's hands. So you did this to great effect against me, where you bumped my two best creatures to my hand, then you bumped one to your hand, which allowed you to come back into, and have it come into play effect again, which triggered Hunting Witch again. And those kind of plays, I think, make Untamed really fun and powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I... I... Also really like, um, I just want to give a shout out to the common cold because <laughs> I think that that card is thematically really great. You gain an amber, you play it, it's an action, you deal one damage to each creature, but you destroy all Mars creatures. Yeah, because that, that's the uh, one weakness is the common cold. Yep. <laughs> it's That's really, I'm going to hate that card because I'm going to play a lot of Mars, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, you will. Thematically, I think it's a lot of fun um, and can combo really well with other cards they have, like Save the Pack, Destroy Each Damaged Creature, and Gain yeah. a Chain. Yeah, that card... Uh, you can really just wipe the board. I've comboed that with Piranha Monkeys, which says Ooh. play slash reap deal two damage to each other creature. And so I've had boards, like I played against them, they had like 12 creatures out, and I just went Piranha Monkeys... The pack, what was it, one chain you get for the pack? Yeah, one chain. Yeah, so I played that combo, wiped the board, put two creatures out, and took a single chain. And my opponent's just like, what just happened? Like, that is not even close to fair. Like, yep, nope, that's not fair. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so for me, it feels like an untamed deck that has the right cards is a really strong deck. And then an untamed deck that doesn't have the right cards, I feel like can be a really weak deck, right? It can end up being a bunch yeah. of low health creatures that have low impact on the board, some um, actions that aren't that great. But if I've got a deck with like, several hunting witches and some board wipes and a couple dust pixies and regrowths and the witch of the eye and key charges and and bouncing cards like suddenly oh and we didn't mention my favorite of all mimicry you get to copy your opponent's oh, action yeah. card 
Oh, oh, you played a bait and switch earlier, and now you think you're you're totally free from any <laughs> sort of bait and switches because I don't have shadows. Boom, I do now. Uh, I think mimicry is really really strong, and so basically, if I have a deck of the right cards, untamed quickly becomes one of my very favorite factions. But that's kind of rare, right? It's generally going yeah. to be a mixture of some of your favorites and a mixture of some of the cards where you're like, yep, this is why Untamed is not in that top two category. Yeah, I'd agree with all of that. Um, Untamed has some cool effects, some cards I'm excited about, but uh, overall, they're not one that I'm super looking out for. And it'll be interesting to see what cards my decks end up with. Who knows? Yeah, I I've bought a lot of packs already. <laughs> I think I have like pre-ordered a lot. Yeah, I ordered a box, so that's like twelve, and then two more is fourteen. I have to decide whether I'm returning the core set or not. If I don't, that's sixteen. I feel like in sixteen, I'll probably get one pretty good untamed, which which I'll be happy with. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should mention this. There's the deck Doomwind. Do you do you know the deck Doomwind by any chance? Uh, I was reading a little bit on it, so uh, I'll have you explain it and play. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's basically the audience. The legendary deck. It's it's the best deck that we've seen yet, um, and it has shadows and untamed. And what makes it so strong is actually the untamed portion of the deck. The shadows is right. fine, but it's not a really strong shadows. It has bait and switch. So it basically can do something like it has three hunting witches. So you can have these uh. insanely explosive turns where you go like three hunting witches, some other creatures. I picked up nine amber in a turn. You take two away. I make a key. Um, and you had taken two and gotten to like eight. So I make my key. Then I bait and switch you. And I'm like right back to making a key. And then I steal some more from you. And it's, it's this really annoying deck, but what makes it actually so strong is it has a really strong untamed portion. Like The untamed portion of the deck is amazingly good. Um, it can't be tamed. It, it cannot. You get three hunting witches in a deck, Neil, and you yeah. just, you have a good deck. Just That's going to be a fast deck. Yeah. And yeah. I, I actually had a game where I had like, two hunting witches and three other untamed cards in my first hand, and then like... The next turn, I drew the third Hunting Witch, and they could only remove one of the other ones. And it, it was just the stupidest game ever. I've won in, like, four turns. And, and the person is just like, this is dumb. And I was like, yeah, I'm never playing Doomwind again. Because this was really early when it, we right. hadn't quite realized, like, especially we only had four decks or five decks. And Doomwind was so much better than the other ones that it was just kind of like, okay, we're, none of us are playing Doomwind, right? Because it's broken. Okay, cool. But now we have some decks that can kind of compete with it. But I still think that those three hunting witches are what make that deck just bonkers. And it's interesting because, like, the thing that can stop that is shadows, right? Yeah. And stealing all of that crazy amber generation. And so it's tough because if we didn't have shadows as strong as it is, then a deck like Doomwind would run away even more with the game. Yeah. We, so we've had this discussion previously where I so most people hate bait and switch and they think it's bad for the game. 
But I kind of think it's good for the game because, like, you need a way to punish the stuff like that play you had with Loot the Bodies where you were like, I got 100 Amber. And if a card like Bait and Switch doesn't exist, there is no punishment for ever doing that, right? Like, maybe you get hosed and you lose half of it and you're like, ah, shucks. I didn't get to crush them in one turn. But with Bait and Switch hanging around, had I been playing Shadows, you might have been like, ooh, I need to play this but it's risky, right? And, like, maybe I play mm-hmm. that, and I stop there, and I stop at 8 instead of getting, like, 12 or whatever. And so I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I, I think bait-and-switch is good for the game. Yeah, I, I agree that that type of effect is good for the game. I think we'll have to wait and see if it was a little overtuned and is maybe yeah. a little too strong of that version of an effect, but I'm glad that yeah. something like it exists. Yeah, I, I agree. I think as everyone gets better at the game, it will feel less powerful. I, I think yeah. there'll just be less times where people go, they haven't played a bait and switch yet, they're shadows, I'm going to roll the dice, right? Like I think people will just roll the dice less and just, just be a little less sure. greedy. I'll get 8 instead of 14. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Um. All right, Neil. Well, thanks so much for coming on to... Welcome to the Crucible this week. Uh, you seem like yeah. an Archon who is definitely improving every week. It was fun playing with you, as always. The cool thing about Neil is when we played our game, he didn't even look at his deck. He's just a good card player. <laughs> and he was like, I got Mars. I'm sure there'll be an awesome combo in here. And I was like, hold on. I need to look at my deck. And he's like, Psh, only chumps look at their decks. Um, so I essentially cheated him by looking at my deck. But but uh, Neil's a great card player, so I always enjoy playing with him and hopefully we will get more of his insights here on welcome to the crucible and thanks so much for coming on neil happy to join as always and hopefully see you again soon is there anywhere on the internet you want to point people to where they can find you uh no not right now i don't have a big social media presence or anything like that so uh i'll see people back here and if i do start tweeting or doing other streaming stuff, then uh, I'll certainly let you know. <laughs> Neil, you could theoretically just tweet out every sandwich you eat and be like, Neil's lunch tweets, and that there you go. That could, that could be what you Neil's do. real meal. <laughs> Neil the real meal. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Maybe, okay, that, look, maybe we'll start that. Look yeah. forward to Neil the real meal's tweeting of all of his lunches. <laughs> Um, you can find me at Tiny Grimes Games on Twitter. I may start putting hilarious things that my daughters say on there. I did yesterday. So if, if you want to see that, check that out. Yesterday, I was trying to educate my three-year-old, and I said, so what does water become when it turns solid? And she got really excited, and she goes, fire! And I was like, <laughs> uh, we have more work to do. <laughs> but uh, that was interesting. So they say crazy things all the time. So who knows? Maybe I'll add some more of those. But you can find out when I'm streaming live at Tiny Grimes. Um, look for Tiny Grimes on YouTube, which is where you found this to start with. So, yeah. And uh, if you haven't reviewed the show on iTunes and you like the show, you should do that. If you hate the show, I mean, you could do that, but you don't have to. You don't have to. Don't worry. Neil, you don't have to review the show if you don't like it. All right. Well, we will see you next time. And uh, until then, Archons, keep, uh, keep begging FFG for a release date.
We'll see you later. Yes, please. Bye.